Thank you for the opportunity to be here. Before we get into the message, let me share with you just a few things about me. It won't take over 45 minutes, and then we'll get to the Word. My name is Ken Martin. I've been in the ministry probably for over 50 years. The last 10 years, I've been doing transitional ministry, which means intentional interim, however you want to look at that. I've served about 10 churches, probably in that capacity. God has truly, truly blessed me. Uh, I have a wife of, in June will be 52 years. I have two kids who have their own families, one in Kansas City, one in Springfield. I am presently part-time campus pastor at the Ashland Baptist Home Campus. And with that, I, I see on the back of your bulletin, you support both the children's home and the Baptist home. And I sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate that. I've been going to associational meetings, trying to share with uh, churches about that. And it's just neat to know uh, that I can come to churches and you're already doing that. I will share with you that at the Ashland campus, a couple of months ago, we broke new ground uh, to build a 60-bed uh, facility. Uh, 20 of those will be assisted living, and the other will be uh, very strategic nursing uh, home facilities. And so uh, be much in prayer for that because the snow and ice have halted all of that construction. Uh, but in the middle of that particular building, there will also be a new chapel, which excites preachers. And so uh, I would ask that you continue to pray uh, for that. And again, thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning. Again, I, I could probably share a lot more things if you had questions, and that could be in the future if God wills. But my primary focus this morning is to preach the Word. And so I, I will share with you before I read the Word that I, when I got to Shelbina this morning, I talked to my phone and I said, lead me to the First Baptist Church of Shelbina. And my phone answered, you can get to Shelbina Baptist Church. Uh, turn left on, I think it was uh, West Walnut, and then it took me by this church, and I thought, where is Jim? <laughs> because all I saw was snow, and there was nothing taken off of the parking lot, and I'm thinking, okay, Lord, did I misunderstand Jim? Pardon me, Jim. And I thought, my goodness, surely he would have called me if church was not going to happen. And so as I drove around the church, I was looking for a path to the church. And some of you know where I'm going with this. I was circling the old church. And I, I kept thinking, and I'm praying pretty hard now for myself because I don't need to get angry. <laughs> I thought, man, did I miss something? And so I'd circle the church. And then I saw another sign, First Baptist Church, with all these cars. And I thought, Lord, you are so good. And so, so my experience here at Shelbina already has had a detour, but I am thankful from here. You have a beautiful, beautiful facility, and I praise God with you for it. Again, thank you for the opportunity to come and preach this morning. I invite you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16. And I will be beginning reading at verse 13, and I know you're tired of standing, but 
In honor of God's word, I invite you to stand again as we read God's word together. I am reading from the King James Version. I don't always use the King James Version. I know it was the Apostles Paul's version, but sometimes I use different versions. But today, I have the King James. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Well, some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias or Elijah and others, Jeremiah, or at least one of the prophets. And then he said to them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Do you believe that? Three of you? You'll get used to me. Pray with me, please. Father God in heaven, again, we're so grateful for what Jesus did for us upon the cross of Calvary. We thank you already, Father, for the message and song and those who delivered to us, led us in music. We thank you, dear God, for your precious word that has been brought to us, that we may too know the gospel of Jesus Christ, the freedom that we can have in Christ, the forgiveness that we can have in Christ, the hope that we can have in Christ. Father, I ask that you would bless the reading of your word. I'd ask that you hide me behind the shadow of the cross of Jesus. Speak through me, Father, I pray this morning in Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. You may be seated. Jesus and his disciples, if you read the verses before in chapter 4, they had all had a, I would call it an altercation with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Jesus, if you can imagine this, he called them hypocrites. Vipers. He didn't mince any words. He also did several miracles. One lady came to him, a Canaanite woman, and said, Jesus, I know, I know that you have the power to heal my daughter if you simply would. <laughs> Jesus commented on her faith. No greater faith have I seen in all of Israel than this lady. And she gets go. It's done. Isn't that amazing? We have a Lord. You can call on him and he can do it. Amen. amen. My wife tells me not to beg for amens, but sometimes I feel the necessity. Thank you. Then people had followed him for three days to listen to his teaching. Isn't it amazing? We get tired in an hour. But Jesus said, hey, the folks are hungry. And he looked to his disciples and, you know, and you can imagine they got the look, you know. They're hungry, and they're still getting the look from Jesus. So what do you got? Well, I got some fishes and some loaves. Well, 
You know, the Bible tells me that Jesus took them, broke them, and fed over 4,000 people. That's in Matthew's account. Over 4,000 men plus the ladies. Probably some of them brought their wives, amen? And some of the wives probably brought their husbands, I suspect. If the, you know, some of them must have been Baptist. The, uh, and then they come across to Magdala and then to the coast of Caesarea Philippi. And in this setting, probably around the bottom of Mount Hermon, there, there was a cave. And in this fertile valley was also... Uh, I, I think a statue to Tiberius. And uh, it had been the, the history of a lot of Baal worship. And, and then the Greeks took over. And then there was this Greek god Pan, half goat, half man. And, and then they had all these fertility rites in this valley. And Jesus is here with his disciples. And the disciples are thinking, I don't think we should be here. I don't think any good Jew would be here. It was like the Jerusalem Red, Red District. And, and some of you know what I mean by that. Three. <laughs> I won't tell. Yes, it was very uncomfortable for these disciples to be there. But that cave, these, these pagans believed that these fertility gods would go through that cave down into the abyss for the winter. <laughs> go figure. And they literally sometimes called it the gate of Hades. Didn't know that, did you? And here these disciples are with Jesus. And then they're thinking, man, he, he must be mad at us for something. You know? And the disciples, are they're always talking among themselves. <laughs> did you ever notice that? You know, Jesus says something, and then they go, what did he say? What did he mean? You know, and then Jesus said, hey, dudes, look up. I'm warning you about the leaven of the Pharisees. They thought he was talking about food. And then they go, oh. And then Jesus asked a very piercing question. That eternal question, I call it this morning. Because ultimately, all of us will answer it. And he asked the question, whom do men say that I am? In other words, he's saying, hey, what's Facebook talking about me? Am I on TikTok? <laughs> Now, you all know that's, that's not in there, but some of you know what I'm talking about. I have a grandson that's on YouTube or whatever, you know, and now he's on TikTok. And I'm thinking, what do you do? He, he thought, I make cartoons, Papa. I thought, oh, he has six million subscribers. Who would subscribe to a cartoon? <laughs> anyway, he would know what I meant. Whom do men say that I am? Well, the disciples here at this point, and, I, and I, please forgive me, I'm going to go outside the boundaries a little bit, but I'm thinking they wanted to be nice to Jesus because they had heard all kinds of rumors and rumblings about who Jesus was by everybody. Because at one point, even his brothers thought, who in the world does Jesus think he is? Others in Nazareth were saying, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, the carpenter? Are you kidding me? You know, he had this reputation of healing the blind, healing the cripple, raising the dead. You believe that? Sorry. <laughs> I'm not used to mics all the time. 
So they wanted to be nice. Some called him a sinner. You know, some people call him, it's got to be a sinner. He must be a devil. Only the devil could do things like that. And so these things are going through the, the disciples' minds. Man, I don't think we need to tell him that, do you? And then they must have had a committee meeting. I told you they were Baptists. <laughs> because they said, you know what? We, you know, we, we need to concentrate on the positive. And, and so they said, well, some say thou art John the Baptist. John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus Christ, by the way, he called sin, sin, no matter where he was. And it kind of got him into a little trouble. When you call sin, sin, it may get you in trouble. Amen? I mean, look at our culture. Look at the culture that we're living in today. Trying to make me believe that it's okay for a woman to marry a woman. That's garbage. The Bible says a man and a woman come together. Not a man and a man. But you know what? If you say that in certain places, they will put you in jail because you're a hater. Well, my God loves everyone. He loves the lesbian. Yes, he does. He doesn't love the lifestyle. My Bible says God hates divorce, but he loves the divorced people. Amen. Hello. Early in my ministry, I thought, you know what, God, I've got this. I mean, really early in my ministry, and I've been in the ministry over 50 years, but early in my ministry, my first pastorate, I'm thinking, I got this, God. You don't have to worry about it. I won't perform any ceremonies of people who've been divorced. Got this, God. I know it. I know your word. And then a Friday before Mother's Day on Sunday, I got a call. Is this the pastor at the Oak Grove Baptist Church in Salem? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, we got a favor to ask. I said, what's that? So, well, we kind of need somebody to, to, to perform a wedding ceremony tomorrow. Whoa. You mean like tomorrow, like Saturday? And then it was going through my head. Oh, I see where this is going. I said, so I'm thinking that you must have been divorced. Yes, but, you know, I said, don't you have a church home here? Well, yeah, but our pa that pastor won't make, he won't do it. Oh, so the pastor, look, we, we got people coming to our house. Would you please, please do this? I said, listen, you need to find somebody else. God, I got this. Folks, listen, when you tell God you got this, he will, he will hit you over the head with a sledgehammer. I told him, I said, call somebody else. I said, if you can't, then call me back. Well, later that evening, I got a call back. Pastor, we've searched all over. Nobody will do it. Will you please do it? Well, that made me mad. I said, okay. Wedding's at 2 o'clock. Here's the address. I was so angry. God forgive me. You know, I went to this place angry and mad. I knock on the door. I'm a little early. I said, is this the right place? Yes, yes, please come in. He was so polite. I said, well, at least you got a marriage license I can fill out while we're waiting on her. Yes, sir, here it is. I sat down at the table. I said, listen, if I'm going to do this, you're going to get that can of beer off the table right now. Yes, sir. 
God, I got this. <laughs> Probably the shortest wedding ceremony in history. Do you? Yes. Do you? I do. And then, while he's puckered up to kiss his new bride, the Holy Spirit of God came over me like you won't believe. And I looked at this couple and I said, listen, I did not want to be here. Everything against me goes about this, but God wanted me here. And so they had to listen to a 20-minute sermon on what it meant to be married in the sight of God. That Sunday, I had never met these people before in my life, but the first two pews of my church was filled with that whole, whole wedding committee. God, you got this. You got this. John the Baptist was not afraid to preach against sin. He called sin a sin. You and I are living in a culture where we need to be bold and stand up against sin. Folks, God is letting things happen in our country. Why? Because we are closed mouth on sin. You know? We well, say, so, well, everybody's doing it. That's, that's a lie straight from the pit of hell. You know, if God says no, don't do it. Hello. John the Baptist was bold. And guess what? He lost his head over it. You know, some think you're John the Baptist, come back from the dead. <laughs> and then some say Elijah. You know, that man, he called fire down from heaven. Remember that? 400 prophets of Baal. Elijah called fire down from heaven on a very wet altar and literally killed all of the prophets of Baal. And of course, the other part of that story is the queen got mad and said, I'll have that boy's hide. And he, he ran like a dog with his tail between his legs and three days into the wilderness and said, oh, Lord, let me die. <laughs> hey, Jezebel would have done that, dude, if you just stayed home. You'll have to read it. <laughs> Some say you're Elijah. <laughs> Others, Jeremiah. Jeremiah, the weeping prophet trying to get Israel to repent and repent and repent. And then they said, well, at least, at least, Lord, at least, you, they, they think at least you, you must be one of the prophets. And then, then another question. Whom do you say that I am? He's talking to his disciples. Whom do you say that I am? And I might ask you that question. I know we're in church. Everybody in church is a believer, amen? Everybody in church is going to heaven, amen? Boy, that's a hard to get amen out of that, wasn't it? Makes me want to ask more questions. Uh, whom do you say that I am? Our whole eternity is hinged on that question. Whom do you say that Jesus is? Can you say beyond a shadow of a doubt this morning that I know Jesus. I know him in the free pardon of sin. I've confessed my sin of unbelief. I accepted him as my savior and I'm faithful to him every day. I have a home in heaven. 
I love John 14. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again for you. Amen. <coughs> and then he said, you know the way. Thomas, oh, how in the world can we know the way, Lord? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Jesus is the only way to eternal life. He is the only one who can forgive your sin. A lot of people try to take Jesus and put him in another rut. The Mormons, oh, he's just some kind of good angel. The Jehovah Witness, oh, he's not really God. He's a little God. I'm sorry, those are lies. Lies. <laughs> I was driving to Ashland last week, and, and I, I, whether you like country or not, it doesn't matter to me. I, I like bluegrass gospel, contemporary music, anything that sings positive about Jesus. Amen. But Mr. Shelton had a new song. And part of it went, when I die, I want to come back as a country boy. Come back? Are you kidding me? At least you could have said you could have wanted to come back as a cow. In Hindu, that's the most precious thing you can come back as. I'm sorry, country boy. I, and I love country. Folks, listen. The only way I got my wife was pitching hay bales. And my, uh, you know, former, my father-in-law's in heaven now, but he knew how to make an alfalfa bale that would weigh 100 pounds, and if you busted it, it was because you didn't lift it upright. You know, so I know what it's like to be a country boy. Of course, it took me two years to learn what a drawbar was, but that's another story. Yes, when I die, I want to come back as a country boy. Folks, when I die, I want to go to heaven. I want to go to be with Jesus. At the Baptist home, we have a lot of people, and bless them, they love the Lord Jesus Christ. And we get into some of the unique discussions. You know, what will heaven be like? You know, the church, it's the bride of Christ. You know, I, I can't wait to be part of that wedding supper. You know, and I discuss this with the folks there. And we have all kinds of discussions. And then, you know, the, some of the questions might be coming up. Well, will, will my wife be my wife in heaven? He'd been married for 70 years. I said, well, we need to talk about it. Isn't God good? Some say, you're Elijah. Whom do you say that I am? Peter answered, thou art the Christ. The Christ. Not if, no ands, no buts, but the Christ. The Christ that the Old Testament pointed to. Folks, the Christ that was aiming for the cross of Calvary. The Bible says, for the joy that was set before him. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. <laughs> he endured the cross for the joy. We are his joy. We are his joy. The Christ. The Christ. Folks, don't look for another. There's so many people trying to find other ways to heaven. And some go through whole life thinking, man, if I'm a good person, if I'm good to my neighbor, God will let me in. There's only one way. And that's through the Christ. The Christ. 
the Son of the living God. Jesus answered him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed it to thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And folks, listen. If you don't take anything away this morning that I've said, take this. The church is not built on Peter. The church is built on Jesus Christ. Thou art Peter, Petros, and upon this rock, Jesus, inferring to himself, he is the rock, he is the cornerstone, he is the rock, folks, of the, of the church of Jesus Christ. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Whether you're talking about a cave in Caesarea Philippi or the real hell. And folks, there is a real hell. Hello. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Folks, listen. It's amazing to me why some pulpits won't mention that today. But listen, folks, you need to know. You need to be able to share with your neighbors that God loves us, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. Folks, when you can't amen scripture, something's wrong. You say, well, pastor, you didn't quote it exactly. I thought, okay, let you go this time. I will build my church. And listen, I don't care if it's COVID-19 or if it's World War III, Jesus' church is still going. Now listen, we need to pray for our leaders. I understand that. Folks, we hate war. We don't want to go. So they need, they need wisdom to be able to deal with the situations that we're dealing with now. But listen, don't you ever forget that Christ's church, no matter what, is going to be growing until he comes again. Now, I believe with all of my heart that the next thing on God's agenda is the rapture of the church. So my question is, have you answered the question of who Jesus is? Can you say he is my Lord and Savior? Lord, Savior. He can't be one or the other. He's either Lord, Savior, or he's neither or neither. Tomato, tomato. I don't know. But my question is, can you take me back to the day where you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? A couple of years ago, I was witnessing to this young lady. Her family was a mess. She was a teenage girl. I was outside of her trailer telling her about Jesus. And she said, I wanted to receive Christ as my Savior. And so she confessed her sin. She received Jesus Christ as your Savior. I said, "Hun, do you have a Bible? Yes. I said, go get it. I said, okay, come back and I'll mark some scriptures for you. I said, now, now I want you to write in the front of that Bible, this date, this place, and what you just did. Because I wanted her to nail it down. Because I said, as soon as I leave, Satan is going to put you in doubt. He's going to try to doubt that you didn't do the right thing, that you just did the words. He will try his best to get you not to grow in Christ. So write it down, nail it down so that you know, folks, because when God gives eternal life, Satan can't take it away. You know? Have you answered the question? Do you know Jesus? Can you take me to the spot?
at least to the month <laughs> or the year. You know, when's the last time you wrote down your testimony? You said, well, Pastor, why would I want to do that? Think about it. How are you going to share your testimony if you don't know what it is? If you've wrote it down, man, you have a history. Amen. You know, I encourage you, all of you, when you get home today, if you've never written down your testimony, to write it down. Write down everything that surrounded that. What brought you to that? In closing, let me share with you one, one story. Because I feel with all of my heart that God the Father draws us to the Son through the power of the Holy Spirit. We call that conviction. Amen. I was witnessing with a visiting evangelist in one of the towns where I pastored. And we knocked on the door of this older man. He was in his 80s. And it was in the fall of the year. You know the fall of the year when you want to build a fire, but you're not sure. But then you go ahead and think, man, why did I build that fire? And his ceiling was real low. He had also, he had made the decision to build that fire. And so when we went in, it had to be 90 in there. You know, and, and so finally I said, hey, you know why we're here. I said, I, I come to share with you Jesus. He said, oh, oh, pastor, you don't need to do that. I said, man, man, are, are you a believer? No. Are you a Christian? No. Have you, have you made a profession of faith? No. And here's what he told me. man of 80 years old said to me, Pastor, when I was 21 years old, I went to a revival meeting. And I'm not going to tell you what city it was in. He said, I sat on the back pew. Remember when churches had pews? And he said, that preacher, when he was preaching, he continuously looked right at me. He didn't look at anybody else. He looked right at me. And he said, when he gave the invitation, I felt this urge to go forward. And he said, I grabbed hold of that pew in front of me, and I just wouldn't let go. Finally, he said, I got where I could let go, and I got out of that church house, and I've never been back. And I've never had that feeling since. You see, sometimes when you tell God no enough, God will say, okay. I accept your answer. You see, some people think, well, I'll make a commitment right before I die, and then I'll be all right. That, Folks, hopefully you have that opportunity, but it's not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed. So my question again, who do you say Jesus is? I'm going to have a prayer, ask you to stand as our musicians come forward for our invitation to him. Would you stand and go with me in prayer? Father God in heaven, I praise you, O oh God, for who you are. We thank you for Jesus, his disciples. We thank you, Father, for this eternal question that will affect everyone's eternity. I pray now, dear God, that during this invitation, if there is one here who's never confessed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that they would come this morning and say, to either myself or one of the deacons, I need to be saved. If those who are here who need to recommit, they're out of your will, dear God, I pray that they might come. For those who would simply come and leave a burden at your altar, I pray that you would give them boldness. 
Father, for specific things to pray for within this church. I ask, dear God, that all of our hearts and thoughts would go there. I simply pray now during this invitation that you have your way in each and one of our hearts. I ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I'm